Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 24 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Angus Boyle. On today's show, it's been a while, but I'm joined by a guest. My guest on today's show is none other than the wonderful, amazing, stupendous Mr. Chris Cowley. Chris is a friend of mine. We met through work. Chris has, I think, near 10 years experience working as a professional in the marketing industry, uh, uh, which is, I mean, relevant, I guess, to what we talk about, but doesn't necessarily pertain exactly to what we talk about. Mostly what we talk about is that since lockdown, he has started his own YouTube channel, something many of you will know that I'm struggling to do. But Chris shares with us, you know, his experiences of starting a YouTube channel, how he got over the hump of, you know, the fear of putting things out. In fact, he touches on previous attempts and sort of fails failed attempts at starting YouTube channels and just generally shares a lot of his tips around how he got a channel off the ground, how he stays consistent with putting out content um, and a lot of stuff in between. But I'm going to keep it pretty short and sweet so that we can just get into the wonderful conversation I had with Chris. Shout out obviously to our sponsors artbyangus.com for all your abstract art needs. Go and, by the way, subscribe immediately. Find Chris Cowley, C-O-W-L-E-Y. Go search him on YouTube and hit subscribe. Go watch his videos. Go smash the like button, etc. You won't be disappointed. Um, other than that, don't forget to share. Send someone a link to the show. Get someone else to listen. You know, spread the word. Help grow the podcast. If you haven't, there's a, a, if you haven't heard, there's a new a new part of the Creative Marketing Podcast, a weekly show called The Weekly Report where I'm going to track my performance on social media, what I've done that week, what I'm going to do the next week, etc. The first episode's not great, to be honest, because there's no context or content to compare against week over week. The first few probably aren't going to be great. I'm going to be ironing out the kinks. So honestly, maybe don't listen. But in about four weeks, come back and check out an episode of the Weekly Report, and I think it'll probably be good by then. But, you know, uh, I'm sharing the process. So rather than sort of waiting until I'm perfectly ready... I'm letting you listen in as I'm figuring it out uh, in the hope that that's useful for someone. But anyway, I digress. Let's get into Chris. Here we fucking go. One more digression. I was speaking to my mum today. She was worried that I was going to get fired from my job from talking about weed. But I told her VaynerMedia is not like that. Uh, she also was worried that I swear too much and wasn't sure how that would go down, particularly with an American audience. And you know what I said? I said, mum, I don't give a fuck if people care about swearing. They can fuck off. Sorry for all the swearing, Mum, if you're listening. You're an absolute fucking legend and I love you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Chris Cowley, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing well, sir. Yeah, yeah. The sun's starting to come out. How are you? I'm extremely excited about the sun starting to come out. Uh, That's for sure. Just excited to be alive as well, you know? It's... uh, good to be alive alive and well it's fun <laughs> yeah definitely i guess to start why don't you give us a little bit of an intro to you who you are what your what your story is uh yeah can do it's weird saying it to you because like i know you so well <laughs> i know yeah true uh this um, is for the listeners though this is for the listeners chris and i go a long way back for the listeners yeah i'm just gonna like start with like how we got to know each other because so we we were like two of the founding members of the like Vayner London the Vayner Media London office, weren't we? So um, sure were. And it was like a bit. It was like all of it, a bit mad for me because I originally 
I w- I'd been working in Germany for maybe like the past eight years uh, in like various marketing roles, doing everything from copywriting to translation to SEO to paid media buying. And then I sort of like rocked up on in London and one day later started at VaynerMedia London. <laughs> and I think you were like one of the first people that I actually spoke to in the entire office. Um, and yeah, so from then on, we... Um, yeah, we worked together in the same team for like just over a year, I think, almost a year and a half. Um, and then I ended up um, joining The Guardian, um, which is where I'm still working now, like three years later. And yeah, I guess throughout lockdown, I've been kind of going far too deep into my own head and <laughs> doing a lot of YouTube videos and writing a lot of uh, articles and things like that. Um, so we've kind of like been speaking quite a lot, haven't we, like over the past year or so, yeah. just because we're both kind of sharing a similar experience like with this podcast yeah and we've all we've always said we should record one of our conversations and so now here we are yeah this was on the record it's exciting um why what why youtube what what drew you to starting a youtube channel i just love youtube to be honest um like funnily enough i started a youtube channel when i was uh like probably about 20 maybe like you know at university it was younger than that actually because it was my first week of university and i don't know i think i was just i ended up sort of being too shy and, uh, and taking down all my videos straight away <laughs> and kind of left <laughs> it on the shelf for a while um i did the same again probably about five years ago when i was living in germany i started like a um a little vlog that was like about what it was like to live in Hamburg. And, and again, I kind of stopped doing it. Um, but I've always just loved it as, as a platform. It's always been my favorite like social media platform, if you want to call it that. I just love the fact that like anybody can just share their like perspective or their ideas and and you can just go and sort of connect with people. Um, and it's a bit more long form and you have to like, be, well, you don't have to, but it, you know, it, it, it it compels you to be like much more creative and thoughtful, I think, than um, some of the more short form content platforms. Yeah, and have more substance, I guess, as well. Yeah, I mean, not all the time, not all the time, but um, definitely. You know, it's so like it's it's it. I feel like it's quite easy to you know knock out a tweet uh, or to 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 sort of create an Instagram like post. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are people who put a lot of work and thought into it, um, and it and maybe that's just my ignorance. But like, it's there's something about the. I, I think what it is is like is actually with YouTube, it's, it's it brings together so many different skill sets. So you have to, you have to know how to like write a script. You know how you have to know how to um, like get your lighting right. You have to know how to get audio right. You need to uh, be a good storyteller, be good at pacing a video, and you need to be good at editing. And then that's all before you even published it. And then there's the whole kind of like community management aspect of it and interaction with people. So it just feels like a really full stack, like creator platform. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like if you, with Instagram, for example, you could just be really good at taking photos and that would be enough to, to sort of like really shine on it. And you have to like, you have to be able to do everything on YouTube. So you mentioned being too shy um, and, and, you know, deleting videos and stuff. And I think that's a thing myself included that a lot of people struggle with is like 
the fear almost of putting themselves out there. Um, what would your words of advice be? So I, I normally explain this, but I think you know the general gist of the podcast being sort of aimed at people early in their journey um, as creatives learning how to market themselves. What would your words of advice be for someone who who's struggling with that sort of shyness and struggling with putting themselves out there on the platform? Same, probably same as what everyone's heard on this podcast already. But I think like, you know, you have to get to the root of what the shyness is. Like, is it because that could be different for different people, right? Like some people are just, um, some people just don't have like the confidence or, or the self-esteem to think like I, like, what I have to say is valuable to other people. Um, and like other people, it might be that they have an imposter syndrome, like, you know, like I'm getting, you know, who, who, who am I to do this? Or, you know, there's loads of other people who can do this better than me. Um, and I think you basically just have to say to you, basically everybody knows somebody in their life who they provide value to like pretty much, you know, you've, everybody has a friend. <laughs> like I, I hope, I hope everyone's got a friend, but <laughs> everybody has somebody that they can talk to and who shares their views and, and is valuable. And the only thing, the only reason that's stopping that from being more than one person is that you just don't have exposure to more people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that people maybe are like a little bit shy about putting themselves out there, but what they didn't realize is that all pretty much all of the feedback you're going to get at the start is going to be like positive and people are going to by, by and large just sort of really commend you for like, for doing it. Mm-hmm. So like, and, and, and that becomes really exhilarating and, and um, it becomes really uh, inspiring because it's just, you realize people really care about you as well. Like, even if it's just, your friends and your, your circle, like that one person that you like, that understands everything that you say, like they're going to be your first biggest fan. And, mm-hmm. and like, they'll, they'll really support you and just feeling that support from somebody that you're close to, first of all, is a great thing. And then when you start touching people and getting support from people who you've never heard of, who've just discovered you, like you won't, you might still feel shy. You might still have an imposter syndrome, but you will, that will just be overcome by just how connected you feel with like the wider world. I think that's been the big thing throughout lockdown for me anyway. Awesome. Yeah, that is so true. Um, so what in sort of through the process of starting your channel, what have been some of the, some of the lessons you've learned early on that you think might thinking of someone who's like about to start, what would your, you know, words of advice be things that you've learned that maybe they can learn from? Mm. So the one thing that you'll hear over and over again, when you start a YouTube channel is like pick a niche and like go down this niche. And it's really difficult. I find when watching these kind of, you know, how to grow on YouTube channels and stuff like that, I think it's really difficult to just fall into the same trap of hearing the same information and it's people who are giving you advice, but not really substantiating it all the time. Like there's some really great people out there who give great advice, but I always kept hearing this niche, niche, niche. And for whatever reason that the word niche was restrictive to me, like I felt like I wanted to do something that was a bit broader or like, I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
and I sort of like rebelled against it, I think, because I just hated this idea of like pigeonholing yourself or being in a niche. But so if that sounds like if someone's listening, that sounds like them, that basically what you need to do is figure out what you don't want to be, <laughs> I think, and mm-hmm. then and try and narrow down from there. Um, mm-hmm. Because what the the big thing about YouTube is that pretty much any video could go viral and you don't know which video it is. But when that video goes viral, it has the potential to define your entire channel. <laughs> so it, you just need to make sure that I think every single video that you make, you'll be prepared to build a channel around that topic if that mm-hmm. video went viral. And I've kind of made that mistake with with my channel. I, 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 you know, I don't have huge growth or anything, which I think is a, you know, still an interesting perspective. <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. um, I, I started off general, um, and I, I, I followed all the advice from the YouTube like creators, like find a niche, start with keyword research, figure out where people aren't doing things, and mm-hmm. I kind of went down this track of um, like. Oh, intentional living, slow, slow living, and essentially slow living really was just a keyword that I discovered, and I thought, oh, I can fill a bit of a gap here, and I made some good videos out of it that I was like proud of, and it, they got a lot of traction. But then um, I made this video uh, about living in Germany, so my experiences living in Germany, um, and it went like really like viral <laughs> in Germany, which is really interesting, but. Now that means that I've that pretty much half of my subscribers are all like from Germany and they all subscribe to me thinking that I was a channel about a Brit living in Germany and they're all expecting <laughs> that content all the time. But realistically, yeah. like, I don't live in Germany anymore, so I can't be that channel. It's just not possible for me to be that channel. So yeah. it's my it's almost like because I didn't go into it thinking what kind of channel can't I be or don't want I want to be, I didn't keep enough discipline to to say every video has to be something that I'm willing to bet this channel on. And now I've got this sort of split audience essentially where very few of my um, like subscribers or like unique viewers actually come back and watch another video because I just can't keep doing that topic. Um, And I think the other thing that I've, the other, the other thing that I kind of pulled out there was yes. And like, Answering specific questions is like a really good thing to do. Yes, finding keywords to target and and answering keywords is a good thing to do. If you're really genuinely passionate about those topics and you have something to say about them, don't just think of it like I'm going to maximize the keyword market like by finding sort of keyword gems and because you'll you'll make videos that you don't really want to make just in service of a keyword. And looking back over the over my videos, I can tell which ones weren't. I were like I can tell which ones I wasn't really making for the right reasons. The ones that I was only making to chase a keyword, and I kind of don't really like those those videos. <laughs> so yeah. And you sort of touched on the video that went a bit viral. What? Because uh, I've this is just because I've really enjoyed our conversation and found it super interesting. Sort of hearing about the the back end. Tell us a bit about how that sort of played out and what the the data looked like. Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, I've, I was analyzing it today, actually, because even on the fir- even in, 
YouTube's got this new feature where you can compare videos over a time period. So I was looking at the first 24 hours of every one of my videos. And this video isn't the top video in that category. It's not even in the top five. But it started off to a bit of a trickle. And then I posted it on Facebook. And that brought in pretty much all of my German friends on Facebook mm-hmm. came into the channel and like basically watched the entire video. And that I think that was the main signal to YouTube that like this is this is a video worth watching. Like it's got quite a high view duration and it's got quite a quite a high click through it anyway but this this burst of external traffic i think said to youtube this is a video that has like resonated and then it just sort of it took a few days and then it just sort of took off and it went on this like wild ride over throughout the course of december there was like one day where it brought in about 12 subscribers in like just in one day um and I always knew as it was going that this wasn't sustainable. So I got caught in this thing of how do I maintain this wave of subscribers that are coming through? And that started to influence my content ideas. And I started making ones that were more about being multilingual or like being European, things like that. And started getting a bit out of my comfort zone. Um, and then all of a sudden, the traffic kind of dropped off. It was really weird. It got to pretty much exactly 20,000 views and then it just dropped off. And now there's still a trickle coming through. Um, but essentially what I was left was with, what I was left with was kind of my channel had gone completely off uh, piste. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and like I had this massive channel, it, 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 this massive video, it given me like a decent audience, but none of those people are interested in my other videos I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to go through that experience. And now I feel like I'm trying to rebuild my channel from scratch because I have to break through that barrier of like non-engagement. Mm-hmm. So. One of the things I love about our conversations is like, I think you're, I think, you know, we're bombarded so much with like, Oh, people have a million followers on Instagram and like all these massive numbers that, it's hard sometimes to get excited like you're talking about you know 12 viewers in a day and people might be hearing that and be like oh like that doesn't sound like that much um how how do you keep your thinking grounded in like because i because that is and i love that attitude it helps me when i am thinking about stuff as well in terms of growth is like that's what like that's what it takes and it starts off like that and it is like sort of one of those exponential curves i think to an extent um but you need that sort of foundation of relatively quite slow growth um how do you sort of keep yourself excited and engaged while you know we're being bombarded with all these people with millions of followers and thousands of like views hundreds of thousands of views and all that jazz you know uh you know what it's completely changed my consumption on youtube as well and i think that's been a big part of it i reckon i used to be such a snob with youtube but i would like i, w- I was definitely only watching channels that had like millions of subscribers and not not even paying attention to people if they had less than like a hundred thousand subscribers, um, mm-hmm. which sounds really bad to say now, but it was definitely what I experienced. And actually, starting my own YouTube channel has made me like really branch out into finding smaller creators and looking at what they're doing. And some of them are making videos that are like way higher quality than the, the like the household names. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um it's 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 been just that's been like a really i think that's been like a really liberating experience it's like 
oh, these small curators, it's like hidden gems, you know what I mean? No one knows about them, but they're really cool. And they're still at a stage where you can like get to know them. And like, you know, I've had people who are like, I've got decent sized followers who like follow me back and I kind of engage with my videos. And it's, I think that's really cool. And I think, to be honest, I don't know if I'd want to blow up like straight away because I don't feel like I'm good enough at making videos yet. Like I, I am, I've like, I, um, I'm, I've more, I set myself a goal really of how do I get to 50 videos? Like, and then it's, how do I get to a hundred videos? And mm -hmm. I want to make sure that in every single one of those videos, I've tried something new, like whether that's a new editing technique or whether that's a new, like, uh, length of the video or maybe that's a new intro maybe it's a new like uh graphic or b-roll shoot or whatever um mm -hmm. and that's that's really how it's i can control that you know what i mean i can control whether i introduce new skills to to the videos or to myself i can't control how many people watch it so to obsess over that wouldn't really be effective i'd rather just sort of make stuff that i like and 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 like i've made friends off it there's like four or five different creators that i am in contact with just because we've been commenting on each other's videos <laughs> like mm -hmm. and that is that's loads more valuable isn't it than just having like a big subscriber count like yeah yeah actual relationships for sure so if someone is listening and they're looking to start their own youtube channel what's like the playbook in your mind that they should follow to like get from nothing to having a channel that has a few videos on it sort of thing mm. um so i think your first video don't worry about it at all like it doesn't even have to be about anything <laughs> like, uh, like i mean like just get used to recording yourself you know even if you do sort of like a few warm-ups before you actually you know make a video and publish it just get used to pulling out your phone and talking into it for a bit um maybe when you get out of bed in the morning just start it off as, as your own little kind of like video journal like just speak into the camera like like tell how tell yourself how you feel make a little note to yourself and then watch it back at the end of the day um treat it like a little diary for yourself and you'll just get used to speaking into a camera and and kind of when when you feel okay with yourself on camera that's when you'll be able i think that's when you can feel comfortable recording yourself and publishing it somewhere um and i would just i would just sort of look at think about the structure of youtube videos first really just don't think about how how good you are at creating content or you know any of the equipment that you've got, just think about YouTube videos that you like or YouTube creators that you like and like how they structure videos. Maybe watch uh, a couple of them and just take notes about what they introduce at certain moments of the video. And usually, you know, you'll find that there's a hook. So, you know, something to get you, uh, like something to get your attention and get you into the video. Then there might be an intro where they explain a little bit more about what they're doing. And then, there might be something like a list, five things that they, five things, five ways to save money online or something like that. And then there might be an outro. Mm -hmm. um, and don't start off trying to write an entire video script. Write out that outline. 
write your hook, your intro, like the main story and the out and then the outro and just start with bullet points that say like, you know, I, what I do, what I do as well is sometimes it, sometimes I do script videos when I want to say something really like when I really know what I want to say, but sometimes I'll just ask myself questions. So my outline is just in that format, but each of them is a question. And then I will literally just answer myself <laughs> into the camera. Um, nice. Make it a conversation, basically, and I think that's the easiest way to do it. Take all the pressure off the rest of it. And then with every video that you make, pick one thing that you want to improve, um, whether that's I want to get better lighting in the next video, do that. Maybe then after that, you're like, well, I want to get better audio. And you can build up from there. Mm -hmm. This is a complete deviation from the topic, but I'm just thinking back to the videos going viral topic and stuff. And I, because I've got an interesting thing, I'd love this to, I'd love if you do an experiment with this and see if my hypothesis is true. I, last week when I released the podcast episode, it was like an update on the goals I had for the year. And I posted on Instagram about it. Uh, and I was like, update about the goals, spoiler I failed a bunch of them, something like that. And <laughs> it had like twice as many downloads in the first day as like any other podcast this year. So I think this is just complete random deviation completely from what we're talking about. But I would love you should do I think you should do a video that's something about like I failed or like, you know, something like that. Cause I think that seems to I reckon that might be a, a subject that people are drawn to is like people love a bit of failure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like, um, so my my uh, my favorites, I guess, sort of category on YouTube is like tech videos. Like, I just really love tech. And actually, I watched a video the other day by a YouTuber called Jimmy Tries World, uh, and he, he his was just I failed to build a um, I failed to build my own like gaming computer, or something like that. And it was like <laughs> it was it was just him sort of like fumbling through this like PC build. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good like and it's really honest isn't it i think people just respond to honesty like um yeah true i think um yeah so maybe i will do that here i failed to i failed to give angus a good episode of his podcast <laughs> well that would be a lie so don't lie um, <laughs> uh yeah man those girls i'm fucking <laughs> I, I crumbled on my not smoking weed girl for a couple of weeks i just spent like two weeks high and now I'm back on it. Like I'm the every day now. I'm just like my brain is like could just take a day off today. It's so fucking hard. <laughs> I get high. I love weed. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> back to the back to the subject at hand. Um, what equipment do you use? And I would say let's split it into two categories. What's like the beginner's like sort of basic kit, and then what upgrades have you made since you started? Yeah. Um, well, as everyone says, you can just start on your phone. Like literally, you can just start on your phone, and you can get good ring lights um, that have a phone holder, so you can mm -hmm. so that like the light goes around there. Or, so there's like a circular light, and then in the center, you can clip your phone, and you can just record um and like that's completely fine uh and i would say like if, you, if you've got a macbook you can use uh like imovie to just start like filming and there are there are some other good like free programs as well for windows users so you don't have to like pay for anything um 
I already had like a little bit of gear just from just for, from life. I, I went on holiday. I, I went on a trip uh, to Japan a couple, like five years ago. So I bought I bought a nice camera for that. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like super expensive, but I've just been using that camera um, and it's, it's still doing a good job. The The first thing that you want to upgrade is, is your audio. You'll want to get a good microphone because although YouTube is like a visual platform, um, everybody will say that, you know, th- th- I think Mr. Beast did some like some studies on this as well, that like audio is the most important factor in getting people to stay past the first five or 10 seconds. So you want to upgrade to it to a microphone, and there you kind of have a choice. Do you want to get? So I've got like a USB condenser microphone, um, and I got that because it's quite versatile. So I can either use it as I'm using now, um, you know, for in a podcast style where it's quite close to me and and I like I get very clear kind of audio, or I can sit a little bit further away from it and uh, speak into it at a slight distance. Um, it's it's like quite versatile but not really highly specialized in anything if you know that you're only ever going to be sitting far away from your like microphone then you'll want to get um then you'll want to get a like a shotgun mic that points in in one direction and just picks up audio from there and you can Mm -hmm. get shotgun mics that clip into your phone so you don't need to get a new camera for that and uh if you know that you're only ever going to be recording at your desk um and you want it to, the audio to feel really close to you, then you'll want to get a lapel mic and you don't have to spend loads of money on any of those to get a good job, but definitely upgrade mm-hmm. the audio. And then from there, I'd upgrade the lighting because like, honestly, lighting is more important than the camera. Like your, cam- like, your camera will, will do a decent job of, of taking footage of you. And if you've got an iPhone, you know, you're probably already recording in 4K, so don't worry about the camera quality. It's the lighting that makes a big difference. Um, and so, yeah, the the real upgrade on one of those ring lights that I spoke about before is that the cheap ones get really hot. So if you sat in front of, like, even like a four-minute video, <laughs> that takes me like half an hour to record <laughs> because I just trip over my words all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and you're just sweating by the end of it because the, the light gets so hot <laughs> and also it'll, it, it will like sting your eyes as well like um, the light can be kind of too harsh on your eyes mm-hmm. so I've when I inve- like upgraded my light I made sure that I got one that was like a little bit easier on the eyes and, and didn't get too hot so yeah they're, they're the big areas I'd improve in nice and then you use what's it called for editing Drawing a blank on the name. Final Cut Pro. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I've done this is right. I, you know, as I say, all my goals are related to how many videos I've created. So mm-hmm. I knew that I think it was after 10 videos, I was gonna upgrade my microphone, like to prove that I actually, you know, I'm gonna do this for more than a week. Mm-hmm. And then after 25 videos, I got myself a new light. And then after, um, and, and, and at that point as well, I also said, okay, now I'm going to get the free trial of Final Cut Pro. So you, you can get a three, three month free trial just off Apple. Um, and I said, if by the end of these three months, I'm still making videos, then I'm just going to upgrade to Final Cut Pro. It's like 300 quid, but you never have to pay it again. So mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the three months, I was still 
making videos and um i just felt ready to upgrade um but you don't have to like i think like uh grant stefan do you know him he's like one of the biggest like finance like youtubers and he, he's got like millions of subscribers and he just still uses mm. iMovie. but yeah <laughs> interesting so one question i've got a few times from the podcast is people people seem amazed by an ability to remain consistent. And I think that's something you've definitely done really well. Any tips to someone who maybe is struggling with that or wondering how, how have you stayed consistent, basically? Mm. Is this consistent in terms of output or? Exactly, yeah. 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 I think if you plan it and you make it into like part of your routine, then you can stay consistent. Um, and I guess like there's different levels of consistency. It can appear consistent to the viewer if it, if the videos go up on the same day every week, but that doesn't mean that I'm being consistent behind the, behind the scenes. <laughs> like, um, you know, I've just been kind of squeezing in like recordings whenever I could. And um, honestly don't know if I'd been able to be this consistent in a non lockdown world, because honestly I haven't had anything else to do. And this has been my way of staying sane in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But I think um, it really does come down to, I, for me, setting that challenge to myself of like one thing that I'm going to improve into the next video. Like I get excited about the fact that I know I'm going to try a new editing technique in my next video. So mm -hmm. I can't wait to try it out. Like, um, or I know that, I, like I'm a few I'm a few videos away from upgrading my equipment because I've made that promise to myself. Um, so so right, if I do three more videos, then I I'm gonna allow myself to get a new microphone. Like that's cool. Like, um, yeah. so yeah, that's it. That's I like I love that one. Sort of bribing yourself with the the uh, <laughs> the prizes at the end of the tunnel. I am. Um, I think also like what you've touched on, and I think that's the way I'm viewing. I've got a post-it note that I'm staring at right now. It's sort of numbers of podcasts. It's like I think if your goal, if you have some like, oh, I want to get a million subscribers, is your goal. Then when it's like three months in and you've got a few hundred subscribers, it's going to be so disheartening because you're like, God, there's still I've still got nine hundred ninety-nine thousand whatever um left to go to get that goal but when your goal is about the number like you said the stuff that you can control like i'm gonna this is the output that i'm aiming for i think that's such an easier way to stay motivated and to stay consistent because it's like that way you're getting that sort of sense of achieving your goal every time you're posting a video and it's divorced from whatever the outcome is or whatever the view rate or engagement any of that stuff is i think that is so key as well having that sort of a mindset yeah, definitely, definitely. It's all about, like, the other way to look at it is, like, it's all about building intrinsic value. Like, intrinsic value is more, more important than, like, a follow account or something. And that can mean a lot of things. Like, in my day job, like, as a, as a marketer, I work with, like, creative agencies, like, video producers, like, every now and again. And we worked on a video project um, a couple of months ago. And I just found that I was... I, I, I just found that I was able to give much better feedback to the video producers because I knew what they were doing. Like, mm -hmm. obviously 
I didn't know what they were doing because they're far more advanced than me and they were doing kind of like, you know, pretty advanced animation. But I knew the general setup of what a video project looks like on their computer. And I knew the I knew the techniques that they were using. So I was able to speak in their language and say, like, you know, could we adjust this keyframe or whatever? And they really responded well to it. And that's my job. It's nothing to do with this YouTube channel, but I've built an intrinsic value in myself of like a capability with video editing that has made me a better marketer in my job. Um, so like, yeah, it's all about just building those skills for me. That's, I think that's why I focus so much on how can I improve the quality of the next video? Cause like, I'm probably never going to get like a big, like if I ever hit a thousand subscribers, I'll be like over the moon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, I'm, I'm probably never going to get like that, that big really, but I could potentially develop a skill set that allows me to, to become a much well-rounded like person, like marketer. Um, and I get to learn a skill instead of sort of, you know, just playing video games for the entirety of lockdown, which I would have done otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count you out yet. I, I have high hopes for your uh, follower growth <laughs> in the long run. You'll, I do think you'll have a big following. Um, what was I going to say? Fuck. Damn. I had a good question. <laughs> I can, um, I can maybe talk a little bit then because because while we're on that subject of following follower growth, I don't know if mm -hmm. you know about this, but YouTube's just released a new metric into the creator studio called returning viewers. Mm -hmm. So now if you if you go and if you look at your creator studio, you can see the amount of unique viewers that you've had, and then you can see a breakdown of new viewers and returning viewers. So it's really interesting because like YouTube is finally giving you the, the numbers of your true audience, like the people who are really coming back. And so it, it's almost as if subscriber count doesn't really matter anymore. Like it, it kind of, it's there. For, I think subscriber count really is there for like checks and balances for, for YouTube monetization. Like they want to know that a thousand people found you valuable enough or, you know, high quality enough to subscribe to you before they allow advertisers to put ads against you. Um, you know, there's different levels to that. But really, um, a lot of people, like you might have seen a lot of YouTubers putting up the stats on their screen where, you know, oh, only 2% of you are subscribed to me, you know, hit the subscribe mm -hmm. button as like a call to action. And it's because like the subscribe, like I think for a lot of viewers or maybe even like YouTube creators, the importance of subscribers is overstated these days. What, like YouTube has a separate algorithm for each of its main surfaces. So whether that's home, um, search, like suggested videos, shorts, mm. um, and the subscriber, like the subscriber tab is, is important in that because they're the first people who will see your video if they use the subscriber tab. But that's not necessarily your returning audience. And more likely you'll have a returning audience who is uh, is either much less than what your subscriber count is like me because <laughs> i have quite a split audience or you'll have a returner count a return of you account that's like much higher than what your subscribers is because you're not doing a good job at converting people um so i'm now looking at that as my 
primary success metric. I want to see more people coming back to my videos. I don't really care if they subscribe. I just want to know that if you watch one of my videos, the next time that you get served one, it's something that's interesting to you and you click through and, and like actually repeat watch because I think that's more valuable in the end. Awesome. I remember my question, um, which was that you touched on the YouTube helping you out in your job as a marketer. Is there anything that's the inverse, anything that your job as a marketer has helped you or like, you know, aided you in the process of starting and, and building up a YouTube channel? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, just from like a marketing skills perspective, like understanding um, calls to actions or, you know, keywords or um, like search rankings, like how to SEO optimize a video. Like that's all been like, that. that's like the main craft of YouTube really, like into, on, the, on the publishing side. So mm -hmm. that's like really, really helped me. And I, I think definitely anyone who doesn't have that background should try to read up on marketing just so they get those base skills. Um, but beyond that, it's really interesting because like the mixture of VaynerMedia and, Gu and the Guardian is like is like really potent, I think, for YouTube in a way because um, at the Guardian, right? Like the main, the main, like it's a me. The Guardian is is a, is a massive publisher, right? Ultimately, like, yeah. It's in a way, it's a massive content creator. <laughs> so yeah, um, and it's and because of the Guardian's model, like I was thinking about this before, and it's. The Guardian's model is almost the ultimate expression of jab, 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 right hook, like in the sense that all of the Guardian's journalism is open to everybody. You don't have to pay for any content if you don't want to. It's all just given to you for free. And mm -hmm. the Guardian really relies on this like support, like support model from uh, like where readers will contribute to the Guardian just to keep it open because there's there's just so little sort of like. Um, open media in the uk these days mm -hmm. so it that is to me like the the truest expression of jab 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 right hook like ever <laughs> um and understanding that and understanding how you how you drive engagement with a like a, a massive audience on the guardian and then like and then exp and then tell your story to them as a, as a brand and say you know this is why we need your support to be able to stay open that's like a direct translation into being a solo creator, I think, because you have to drive that reach, drive that engagement. And then you have to, at some stage, uh, ask for something in return. And whether that, that might be as simple as just hit the like on this, on this video so that, you know, uh, I know that you like it <laughs> or it could be, yeah. you know, subscribe to the channel and, you know, later down the line it for a lot of creators, it's, you know, subscribe to my newsletter or like, you know, good subscribe to me on Patreon or whatever. So that's a bit of a ramble, but definitely I've had that experience of how do you, how do you build value for your readership? How do you get them really engaged? And then how do you explain your story to them in a way that they want to support you? Uh, I've learned all that from Gary V and from uh, the guardian nice so on your channel you have a lot of sort of shorts about books about different books that you've read what have been some books that you found have helped you 
in the process of starting on YouTube? Oh, the number one. And what about book, Yeah. The number one book is Essentialism um, by Greg McKeown. Um, like, basically, and there's a, there's a lot of videos on YouTube where you can just watch, basically watch his thoughts for free. But it's just all about uh, the disciplined pursuit of less. So concentrating on the things that really matter to you and like learning how to make time for them, how to set up an environment which um, like enables to do you to do them without creating friction and um, basically just allows you to sort of shape your time in a way that really works towards your goals. So I definitely recommend essentialism uh, to anybody. Um, and then I try to read quite widely because I want to get like different experiences. Uh, oh, but yeah, um, that's definitely the number one. Nice. And then any resources on YouTube to go a bit meta, any sort of YouTube resources that have helped you in starting a YouTube channel? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, like, so you can go to all the like the really big creator channels. Like VidIQ is a really good one. They do, um, you know, lots of informational videos and educational videos. But they also do uh, like live streams where they do channel audits. So they'll just like look through somebody's channel and um, sort of give them advice on how to improve. But the real valuable resource out of VidIQ has been taking part in their Discord community. So there's, you know, thousands of people in, in this Discord and you can post your thumbnails in there and they'll give you feedback, like people will give you feedback. There's just discussions around analytics or YouTube shorts uh, or SEO. And yeah, you can just get to know people as well in there. That, that um, It's really interesting just seeing people, how people work on who have completely different channels, like a lot of people, I didn't realize how big like Minecraft and like uh, Roblox were until I started <laughs> participating in this server, but they're absolutely huge. Like Minecraft is like one of the biggest categories on YouTube. It's unbelievable. Um, and then um, beyond that, there's there's some really good small channels that give you amazing advice. Um, there's this uh, channel called Channel Makers. Uh, he's only got about 20,000 followers, but it's this guy called Nate. And he uh, does really, really... Uh, like in-depth uh, data-driven like assessments of like uh, new tactics and a lot of his audience will submit videos to him and he sort of aggregates all the data and then looks through what people are really going through and and tells you like his spin um, and there's a really cool guy called uh, Roberto Blake who I think is a, a really brilliant sort of no-nonsense uh, creator <laughs> um, but he's definitely a great a great resource to check out there's plenty more yeah Sick. Um, that's we're nearing the end of my list of questions. This is a question I like to ask people. Um, what is something you wish you knew when you were twenty? I mean, vaguely in the vaguely in the <laughs> wheelhouse of what this podcast is about, I guess, to make it slightly more specific. But something you know now, you wish you knew when you were twenty. Well, going back to that, what I said at the start of the podcast when I said when I was about twenty, I tried to start my own youtube channel tried and failed many like a couple of times and it, it, it would just be to back yourself and thinking back to what i was like when i was 20 it was so difficult to actually 
find the self-esteem to follow through and trust my gut instinct and go and do something because I knew it was going to be big or it was that it was going to be the right thing to do. Um, and on it didn't, I honestly reckon it's taken me until I was, until my early 30s to start backing myself and start committing to my ideas and following through. So I would love to tell myself at 20, you know, some of your ideas are going to be really stupid because you're 20 <laughs> so but some of them are going to be like really really good so you should actually try harder to figure out which ones are the good ideas and then back yourself and just do it <laughs> awesome and then last question where can where can people find you follow you uh what's the call to action <laughs> um if you just search for Chris Cowley on so C O W L E Y on YouTube, you'll find me. Um, yeah. yeah. So check out some of my videos and then yeah, hit the like button if you enjoy them. <laughs> Love that. Well, Chris, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, I'm glad we finally got one of these uh, on the record, one of these conversations, and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, while you may doubt your uh, your growth potential i look forward to watching you go from strength to strength and grow in the coming years it's gonna be so, sick cheers angus thanks for having me on um yeah good luck with the podcast as well also i'm gonna buy Thank a painting at some point now that we're uh, now that we're in the new house we need to get a painting up and i'm, I'm admiring them in the background <laughs> <laughs> sick. appreciate it thank you chris everybody go and buy a painting art by angus.com <laughs> only after you subscribe to chris's youtube channel <laughs> this has been the creative marketing podcast thanks for tuning in tune in again next week for another episode of the creative marketing podcast with me your host angus boyle don't forget to tune in next week for another episode i said that already i don't know what else i'm supposed to say oh yeah artbyangus.com paintings etc don't forget to share the podcast give us a review send it to a friend tell your parents that they should listen to it tell your extended family everyone you've ever met send them a deep long well-written message letting them know get involved check out the podcast um or don't it's up to you honestly either way i love you you're a legend stay real stay sexy etc have a fucking great day uh don't forget to appreciate the fact that you're alive see you next time